Jacob here from the Back to Back Films podcast. I just wanted to let you know that Keith, Byron, and I love bringing the show to you guys so much that we're collectively putting in 25 hours to the show every week, and we wouldn't change that for the world. But if you guys took 25 seconds to rate and review us on your podcatcher, we would love it even more. This helps us a ton and is often the only way for little podcasts like ours to grow naturally. And if we like the review, we'll even read it on the show. Also, if you want to become a supporter of the show, there's a link in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm slash btbfilms and look for the support this podcast button. We appreciate all the donations and thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. nice place yeah how Thank is it asking is it nicer uh, <laughs> how is the really good spot only dinged a couple of pieces of furniture thank you for asking uh Did we get a video that? tour later oh yeah we'll, we'll do an audio tour for the people on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> here's the bathroom uh, just turn the fan on you know? <laughs> just flush the toilet yeah, just start making random the toilet, stuff yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's cool. So is it nicer to be living in that area than where you were before? Uh, it is a nicer area. It's, it's, it's downtown. So, you know, there's a lot of like shops you can like walk to and stuff. Um, but really what I'm most excited about is I got the fiber optic internet. Oh, uh, you and I was checking my speeds and holy shit, dude, this stuff just flies. Like, I don't <laughs> think I'm <laughs> cutting out at all. Cause you know, I tried doing the non-fiber optic at first and it was just garbage. Like it was just, I think it's just all clogged up from everyone here just using it. But, uh, oh man, it's, uh, is it a co- pretty high cost difference between the two or is it- it's actually cheaper to, to do the fiber optics. Oh, nice. Um, oh wow. Which was actually a surprise for me. Is that the um, Google but, fiber uh, optic is, or is it different? Sorry. Is that the Google fiber optic or is it different? Um, I think they do their own, but mine is through frontier. Oh, okay. Um, which is the, that's the only fiber optic uh, cables that are offered in my apartment complex. Oh, okay. Which which is so weird because when I moved in, they were like, hey, you should uh, get, just get Comcast or whatever. And they like sent us a flyer. And then I like searched around and like found out that they had, you know, the good stuff, <laughs> you know, yeah. here like through Frontier. And it was like, well, why the fuck are they telling people to use Comcast? Because like, they, probably, so, they probably have so a deal weird. with the sales rep. They do have a deal. There's there's a special sales deal exactly. with, a, with a sales rep, but it's like, yeah, that's pretty lame. The sales rep has a relationship with the apartment management probably, and then they get a cut. It's like a shared yeah. shared they, thing. They, they, he probably brings them uh, bubbly, you know, every, uh, every <laughs> exactly weekend, every time yeah. he gets a sale, you know. So uh, nice, that's yeah. cool. And then you're you're closer now to like your offices and whatnot, right? So. Yeah, there's a bus uh, bus station right next to me that has buses to Seattle every like ten minutes. Oh, so hell it's yeah. it's pretty rad. It's nice. Damn, nice. And love it. 
I'm curious, like after the podcast, if you're willing to share actual numbers, but is the rent like, uh, how's the rent like in the area? Is it pretty reasonable? Um, cause I know Seattle in general has a certain like rent. It's, it's not cheap. I mean, it's, it's downtown Redmond. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not a cheap place, okay. but it's, it's, um, has a good value. I would say. Yeah. For, that's for the thing you're paying for to be in a certain, like you're paying for certain things outside of just a, a place, uh, to live. Right. Right. But so. you know, we have like. You know, it's like a pretty big space. Like we we shopped around and found a good deal. Nice for it. Sweet, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. Um, I definitely yeah, I'd like love to be closer to that area for sure. There's just so much more opportunity for like these types <laughs> of jobs like that we do. Yeah. So yeah, someday, someday. All right, uh, this is the Backpack Films podcast. We cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm Keith. This is Byron, and I'm Jacob. And this is Yorgos Lanthimos. This is Yorgos Lanthimos week, uh, which we'll be doing two parts of, uh, talking about this guy, this uh, surrealist Greek director. Um, this is he week- surrealist though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he might not be. Um, inside jokes. Uh, so. The first film we'll talk about uh, is Dogtooth, released in 2009. Three teenagers live isolated uh, without leaving their house because their overprotective parents say they can only leave when their Dogtooth falls out. Dogtooth is written by Ephthemis Philippou and Yorgos Lanthimos and is directed by Lanthimos. Stars Christos Stergioglu, Michelle Val- Valley or Valley or something. Um, I think it's Michelle Valley. Angeliki Papulia, Christos <laughs> Basilis, Mary Sony, and Anna Kalatzidu. Uh, the second film was Alps, released in 2011. A group of people start a business where they impersonate the recently deceased in order to help their clients through the grieving process. Uh, Alps was written by Optimus Philippou and Lanthimos, of course, and it was directed by him. It stars Angeliki Papulia, uh, Aris Servatalis, Ariana Labed, and Ephthemus Philippou, uh, who <laughs> is Mont Blanc. <laughs> um, and he was the writer up until, I think, The Favorite. And then The Favorite was written by... The, rich, the initial script was written by a, uh, a woman. I can't yeah. remember her name. Um, but I think he helped write... Wrote, I think he helped write Killing of a Sacred Deer as well. I think so, yeah. Deborah Davis? Yeah, I think that's right. And then Lanthimos adjusted it. Yeah. 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 Something along those lines. Which is really cool because it makes makes more sense to do it that way. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a sensibility that women have when they write their own, when they write women characters that just is a lot more obvious, I guess. Oh, God, I just watched a film... That'd be the perfect example of that, but I can talk about that later. What film is that? It's called Holiday, mm. and it just came With out. Jack Black? No, no, <laughs> no. It, I like that movie actually. It's a it's a Danish film, I believe, uh, and it supposedly has the most <clears throat> gut wrenching rape scene since Irreversible ever put on film. Jesus, oh, except it is with Jack Black. Except <laughs> the thing is, I watched it, and I found out later that no matter where you stream it they cut out the the most that, that no they way. cut out they cut out that scene Dude. um so the only way you could see that scene is if you could somehow find it online which i've tried and i can't um 
or Dude, if you saw it's it not on like daily motion or something yeah or you saw it um at the film festivals they don't have it on the dvd or anything oh it hasn't come out on blu-ray yet but i'm curious uh-huh. if they're going to release it that Dude, way or it'll, not it, it'll be on and this is it was uh, written by a <clears throat> was it written by a woman and directed it's by a woman written and directed by a woman and it's it's uh, uh. super unflinching in its um account it's very michael haneke esque in the way the film is done it um, looks like it this is a cool picture it's of the a film. super good movie i really enjoyed it it's but it the controversy about the rape and the way the whole film is it's it's almost a feminist anti-feminist <laughs> like it's Whoa. not it's that that's not a good way of describing it it's just dude it's not I, it's not that. it's not liberal minded which doesn't mean it's anti feminist it's just doesn't it doesn't cater to what like quote liberals would want to see in a rape film a film about rape you know what i mean right. um uh it's hard to explain but it would actually make a great conversation as a whole podcast episode <laughs> holiday with like irreversible or something like that right <laughs> holiday with the holiday um yeah i think that's super interesting i like that because like i think a lot of people struggle to define feminism just in general you know, yeah. uh, like as a as a concept, and you know, it it originally started as just men and women should be equal, but I, I but you know, obviously that's in a lot of people's eyes, it's changed a lot. Like as far as like what it what it means and like what what it means for a person who identifies as a feminist. Yeah, and there's all the, this obsession with like putting works of art by women into boxes of like this is a feminist thing. Uh, one of my favorite band like local bands in seattle is thunder pussy and they just they are awesome they're totally rocking they're like they're like joan jet and and heart like combined but like way more heavy you know they're really really good um but a lot of people just because they're called thunder pussy they're like you guys are feminists and they're like no we're not feminists we just like this kind of music (laughs) And we just thought, like, and Thunder Pussy is a great name for them. Uh, it, it, like, really feels like their style for some reason, you know, just something just lines up like that. So I think that's super interesting that this movie, um, like, is, like, feminist but not at the same time. Because it is, like, a word that, like, doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah, it's... It, it caused, like, massive walkouts. And you sh- if you go on Letterboxd, Holy fuck, dude! It gets hammered, man. No way. People fucking hate it. But it's so dude. much. It's so much a better. It's 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 much better than what people really. It, it's one of those things that like, from my are people blind like, to the rest of the movie because of the scene or because oh, no, just the, the 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 film doesn't give you any answers. Um, oh no, or anything. So it's just like, it, I I don't know. It's funny because like I got persecuted or crucified or whatever for like my film that was about like trauma um after rape and i was like well fuck if you thought my film was like writing a line then you should see this one <laughs> oh, God. yeah rape has been a portrayal in like i mean i think one of the most famous is um clockwork orange no uh earlier in the 70s oh uh, straw, straw dogs no because that came right, the marlon brando one uh no i spit on your grave Oh, that was that was seventies, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the first, that was kind of one of those yeah. early scenes where everyone was like, it became a cinematic yeah. infamy because of when 
obviously uh, it occurred and then you know just kind of being a portrayal of something yeah. like that has always been intense so rape has been around in film yeah. and tried to be talked about what i like about this because i've been i was reading a little bit about this review of the film um is that it's t- you know typically rape is always taken on by a man mm-hmm. as a, <clears throat> a a device or plot device or some sort of scene this is by a woman who yeah. wrote and directed and it's her debut feature yeah. which is like God. i mean talk balls, about dude. i was gonna say yeah, yeah talk about the cojones which is ironic but <laughs> of that of just debuting and being like fuck it you know and then just getting your actors to do that because dude those the, intense scenes like dude, that are very very hard, hard for actors to do actors yeah. don't want to do that there's this whole scene before the rape scene because you see the rape scene that they cut out you get everything that's before it basically right um so it's like cut out but it but you get the you get, you get the, the lead up lead up to it um but there's like a part where it's just like her and she, he, she her boyfriend kind of um drugs her and she just passed out on the bed and he like puts her in different like s&m or bdsm positions like and he's just like caressing her butt and just like and it's an extended scene and you're just seeing her do, do it and she's just like completely like a rubber doll and it's like that would be so hard to act though because be, you have yeah. a guy that's like like fondling you and putting you in these positions and you and you're not you, you're just like you have to act like you're, you're just like still. unaware of it like what the fuck like yeah she her her performance was so good it was crazy but it's, it's a solid yeah. film but I brought it up just because it was like it was interesting that like it it was a whole it was you it was so unique seeing a film written and directed by a woman tackle a subject that that people always told men you can't do this you can't do this topic blah blah because you're a man blah, blah blah and then and then even a girl or, or a woman who d- tackles it gets fucking just shat on mm-hmm. it's like well then okay like <laughs> people just don't want to feel uncomfortable in watching a movie yeah. and when you're forced to feel uncomfortable you know they start to it's just like it's just one of those things yeah. it's like a feeling that you get from a movie and a movie when a movie wants you to feel that way no one wants to feel that way so yeah. it's hard to experience that i mean right it's kind of like what we were talking about with climax earlier the movie makes you want to feel it makes you feel uncomfortable yeah. on purpose um and that's just I don't know. It sounds really cool. The movie sounds really yeah. cool, actually, and it sounds like the way it's shot is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's um, really pretty cool. It seems. I mean, it seems really divisive too. You oh know? yeah. Like I, I went and checked out Letterbox while while uh, I was listening to you, but they uh, a lot of people are like really just love hating this thing. <laughs> and those know? are always uh, the best and, movies, really. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's super interesting because it, it they're like people who don't like it are like it's really like maybe they don't mention that scene specifically but like they it everything i think eventually comes back to like that scene it was from what i can tell and it's so weird because all those reviews reviewers had to have seen it in theater or film festivals because it just was released to stream right so so they they must have totally yeah so they, they must have been those like hardcore film people yeah. who like go oh, yeah. so now there's one review where i saw because I was like, what the fuck scene are they talking about? And then there was one review that said, hey, if you stream it on Line on Amazon or whatever now, they cut the scene. And I'm like, oh. And then I was reading a review and they described the scene. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that happens right after where they cut. <laughs> like, Dude, that... I know. Cause I, it, cause I'm the, so, like, 50-50. Yeah. 
because the film is 90, 93 I, minutes long or something like that or 90 something minutes long but the film that i watched was 85 minutes long that's really why, short like why cut it and like pretend that it's the same movie you know, like, know. can't they just put a warning at the beginning? Like, this is, like, very extreme or something. <laughs> I mean, that would, like, get people to watch more of it. If, if, that, <laughs> yeah. if there's, like, a message at the beginning, like, go, like, if there's two versions, like, a and and C-17 version or something, and then an R version, yeah. and they cut that scene in the R version, I think people would, like, love the shit out of, like, having mm. those two, like, versions, you know? I, I felt know. ripped off. I'm like, fuck, I, I, I spent my money thinking that I was going to watch, like, the film that, you know... But then, yeah, ended up being a shortened version or whatever. It's a total rip, dude. <clears throat> yes. And it's like, why? If you're gonna watch a film like that, you want to watch the one that the filmmaker made. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, like, and it's not... that scene that they cut out is what is the like. It's is what the, the film is about. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> well, it's dumb because like I could see like maybe in like Avengers, you know, Infinity War or something. Like there was maybe a scene that was like a little too graphic or a little too bloody or something. And they just like kind of cut that out or you know tone the blood down or something for like whatever. I think that's totally fine. I mean, this is like a big movie that a lot of people are saying it's corporate as hell, you know, and that's just what it is. But the people who are going to be watching Holiday are not like little you know you know what i yeah. mean like yeah. they know what they're getting into totally the same people that would watch holiday are probably watch dog tooth and alps <laughs> yeah totally speaking of just to just to further our our transition our segue what do you guys think would be harder to film a um a rape scene like in holiday or a real sex scene um i think a real with, sex scene. with the actors yeah well they didn't really have sex Oh, you mean like? Do you mean like, like a, a a sex scene that captures like the real essence of what sex is about, or could be? No, no. Or like, I mean, a, like a, a, sex oh, like a scene? porno scene. In uh, right, but like with with actors. Is what, oh, oh, what, oh, yeah. The rape so is like rape in, is in always Alps, harder. They have the real sex scene where she's like stroking his his dog and. Uh, and then he like gets up in there. Wait, which movie? He, I don't think he actually penetrates, Alps. but they do like oh. they do like oral sex or not oral sex. They do uh, just like a hand. But it's not real sex though. It's like you keep saying real sex. It's not like they. Well, actually I'm saying real did sex because they're actually like touching each other's genitals and, and stuff. But oh, like yeah. actually like like stroking. Like she's like stroking his uh, his penis in 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 Alps. I'm trying to think of the actual shots. I don't remember. Well. Usually they they fake it in some way, but yeah, she's probably at least this touching isn't fake. his. This like, is real. I, I I looked it up. I'm surprised that you guys didn't wait, I, you're, stumble I, across I, this. I know what scene you're talking about. Research. I know he goes down on her and stuff, and she like messes with him too. I don't remember her actually touching his. Dick. I don't remember she touches his, I don't his remember penis, seeing, and it's a real. Uh, he's, she's stroking his That's penis. That's so funny. I don't remember seeing like his erect dick at all. I don't think he had an erect dick. Oh, he, I, did, he has an erect penis, and she's what? stroking his penis. I don't remember what version did you guys watch? What the hell? Maybe you guys watched a cut. That is tripping me That's out. Tripping no, me I don't out remember. Too. Like what? <laughs> it's possible it I watched. Yeah, the it was in Alps. Uh, no, I know. I know what scene you're talking about. I know what scene there is too. It's basically super dark, and it's it's before the before he goes down on her, right? Um, I guess I, I gotta rewatch so. that scene because I don't remember actually. I don't remember his. Oh my god, that's so funny! I because I've seen this movie twice now and I don't remember that either time. <laughs> Dude, I mean, maybe is there like, like an unrated cut? Or it's something? not in the front of the 
like it's like towards the bottom of the screen, but it's definitely happening. Oh shit! I wonder if there's like, like a... and there's like some strokes in there. You know what I, mean? I would have to rewatch. To answer your question though, like <laughs> rape is is always harder um, because as much as someone might be averse to like wanting to do sexual acts on camera in a film, um, sex generally speaking in a in, and especially like with with Alps in particular that scene is more about the pleasure of it. It's not about creating a violent or distressing uh, environment or act. Whereas, like, rape is obviously distressing, and it's violent, right. and it's and it's messed up. So, like, actors, if you think about the actual, what's actually occurring, you have one actor who has to create all this fear and anxiety and pressure and distress in another actor and right. actors are very empathetic and sympathetic people and they don't i mean it's not something that they're just like ha yeah fuck yeah i want to do that that's like that's <laughs> awesome they don't want to do that so but you have and a lot of times what will happen is, is if you sh- shoot a scene kind of like this the minute you say cut they're like oh my god okay like are you okay like what yeah, are we do like yeah. what can i do to like help this like you know what can we do to make this better like like right, right away even um, before yeah even before they're like that too yeah, mm-hmm. yeah both. so like i think rape is and then the thing about rape too is like not only do you have that you have a you have a crew around you watching this occur not always a lot sometimes directors will say okay everyone except for like the quintessential three get yeah. the fuck out of the room so we can do this yeah. uh, right. which is has happened uh, and makes things easier. But if you think about like that, and then just the pressures of doing a scene like that that's in the script, and then justifying like, okay, we're paying so much money to do this today. This is what we're gonna be doing. Like, it's a lot harder, I think, to kind of mix that in. You know? Yeah. It's tough because I think like I think it could be super super hard to like say you're doing a scene that involves real sex with like within like a drama film or a romantic film or whatever be hard for the actors too to like to have sex but also to like really capture the sense that they really do really really like each other right you know what i mean because like like obviously they know what they're signing up for like you're not gonna have you're not gonna hire two people and then like have them perform real sex in a film without like that being discussed beforehand but like it would still be Which hard. Has it would still it would still be hard for them to play pretend even while they're having sex. At, like to capture that true like chemistry. You know what I mean? Right. It yeah. depends on the film, but but yeah, like I agree with Keith too. It's like actors are normally very empathetic people, and not only even if they weren't empathetic, you know, to just do a rape scene is so hard. I think they're both hard in completely different ways, though. I think one is more uncomfortable, and one is trying to, it'd be harder to just... I think think it'd be easier to capture a, a... It'd be easier to capture a horrible rape than it is to capture a real, authentic love scene. Right. But... I think it's harder as a filmmaker to get the rape scene right, if that makes sense. Right. It, it, yeah, that, like, that makes sense. I think you're on to something there because that's what I was thinking too is like what you're saying with the authenticity of, of sex is that, I mean, yeah, it's it's much more contrived 
but the thing about sex too is like like we like most people generally know what sex is like yeah yeah so we have an experience and an expectation of like of what real sex is yeah. versus fake sex and then you like look at it you're like okay like that's not jiving with my experience with sex most people have not been raped yeah and or seen a real rape or have direct experience with right. the rape so like it's much more removed as a as a it's much more removed like you're you're making up what you presume to be rape essentially yeah because most people i mean i'm sure there's some weirdo people who go watch find some real rape scenes and then try and emulate it yeah. in film that's weird uh some most people don't do that so they're they're they are kind of working on an imagination imaginary form of rape and then yeah. when we watch it we're like well we don't have any there's no basis for uh there's no uh starting point for us to understand it in a yeah. way that's like more sympathetic yeah. to it, it right it gets, so it's it, hard to kind of shoot yeah. that it gets so difficult it's, it, 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 there's so many different types of rape too i mean there are there's rape that's not like the violent physical rape you know like that you see it's 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 like you know it's you know, it, it, rape can be quiet too. You know, so it's kind of like there's lots of levels, it, it, so many levels and so many different types. So it, I guess it just would all really, it just really depends. But I think, I think it just it'd be harder for everyone involved to probably do the rape scene. I think, yeah. But I think it's harder in like the broader sense of capturing a real, a real genuine, genuine sex scene. Well, here, you know here's, I mean? a, like, here's it, the thing like, that I found a, in my research. And by the way, I was wrong about Alps. I was thinking of Dogtooth, uh, not Alps. Oh, um, okay, okay. Does she actually okay. stroke him in Dogtooth, though? Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so in Dogtooth, at the, there is a brief real sex moment, um, and Lanthimos spoke to this. He said, uh, it's used to establish the unusual and dysfunctional lifestyle that results from the isolation orchestrated by the dick, uh, dick, sorry, said dick twice, <laughs> dictatorial father, including incest. So he kind of does it like towards the beginning to like establish the kind of real sex, like in the movie, and then the rest of it is um, is simulated. Is it with the security guard and the brother? It's it's with the main lady. Um, Who's who's in Alps? That's why I confused him because it's the lady in Alps. Oh, um, if if you just Google dog tooth, like unsimulated sex scene, it sh it shows up if you really wanted to watch it <laughs> again. Because uh, I did, I was like, no, I, I legit like, too because this, I don't remember. Like. Is this a real sex thing? Like I was super fascinated by it. Um, but one thing that Gaspar No um, mm -hmm. talked about with with the real sex that he's had in his movies, which I had no idea that he did real sex yeah because that was well that was love in love okay. yeah but what one thing that he said speaking about real sex and how to capture it is he said that you should get two actors who have been in a relationship but are no longer in a relationship to do the sexing um so obviously um you know they'd both be single unless they're like in like a in, <laughs> inclusive relationship or something um and uh, th they would have to have dated prior uh, for and and have had to have had sex prior. And he said that that was like the in his experience the best way to capture 
um like two people like having like genuine sex like on a on a camera which i thought was super interesting that makes a lot of sense he yeah because in love the main actors the, the three the two girls and the and the guy they weren't ever in a relationship oh, yeah, prior is, i don't think she is stroking that <laughs> that's yeah, happening no, i straight up just like, don't remember that that's really interesting so then yeah. oh, never mind sorry go ahead no yeah sorry, uh, I interrupt. but the uh but he also did a, a short film that has real sex in it too a part of a collection called Destricted, and I think that maybe he's referring to maybe he, those actors were actually a couple at one point um, while for he, while he filmed that. It's been a while since I've seen that though, but love, yeah, is interesting. So this yeah. scene in Dogtooth was actual sex. Like, does he actually just stick it in her? Um, I don't, I don't know exactly what was <laughs> what was real and what wasn't uh-huh. i mean it seems like one of those things like kind of like cannibal holocaust where you have like the real death in there so it makes everything kind of feel real you, th- you know what i mean i think i, I think the, the r- most real it got was her him stroking her stroking or her stroking her yeah. stroking yeah because i i think they call it unsimulated even if like the guy is like if the guy it's unsimulated if like the guy's erect and like there's any physical contact but i don't think it necessarily means that there's like penetration involved because normally you can't have like an erect penis in a film so if you have an erect penis in the film with like touching then they call it unsimulated you also have to remember this is grease too right and grease is a weird has its own weird laws yeah, around it was very greased stuff. up to prepare for this <laughs> sorry <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I'll have to get a trigger warning at the beginning. Oh, of this oh my god! Yeah, we got we got deep into stuff I wasn't ex- things I wasn't expecting I'd to uh, talk about. Oh, god, god Jesus Christ! Ah, the puns just they don't stop. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so I do not even know where we're even at. <laughs> Where the fuck are we in this? I'm like the worst host today. Uh, um, but it's it's crazy because I'll I'll just I'll I'll keep pushing forward so to speak. Um, the the unsimulated sex thing just in general was something that was like when I saw that in Dogtooth I was like whoa like and I immediately went on Google and found out a whole other movies that have unsimulated sex whether it's you know, and, and like what what kinds? And there's actually a Wikipedia article of uh, a huge list of maybe 200, 300 movies, um, movies that are you know, um, you know, main like well known that have unsimulated sex. Um, what so, you know, some of the films we've talked about, like Pink Flamingo, Flamingos. Yeah, we talk course. about that all the time. There's a, <laughs> a, a, a fellatio in, in there. Yeah. Of course. Um, and it's an actual fellatio, you know? And there's, like, um, just, like, other stuff. There's one with Marlon Brando that was very controversial. Oh, yeah, Last Tango in Paris. La- yeah, yeah, Last Tango. There's just... There's a lot of, like, films that I do, did not... I was surprised to see. Um, and I wish I wrote down all the ones on here but obviously like nymphomaniac has them um but those were a, a special those were like digital yeah they doubles. had porn porn star genitals digitally placed on the actors yeah yeah so it's not so shia labeouf isn't actually like 
having sex with no. that. Which is that what is that what he did for Antichrist too? Because Antichrist, the whole beginning is yeah. They had they had porn. He had just had two porn actors. Oh, because uh, he had said yeah. So when they cut in tight, it's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This says body doubles were used to make Antichrist. Yeah. So there's just a lot of um, a lot of movies. A surprise. No, there's and a film like, called Alice in Wonderland that has unsimulated. Actually, it is just Alice in Wonderland. That's hilarious. 1976 is on this list. It initially received an X rating and an R rating a year later after three minutes were cut from the film. <laughs> Caligula, too. Um, that's interesting. This is a musical comedy porno film <laughs> called Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> and it was favor- favorably reviewed by Roger Ebert. <laughs> Get on. Erotic historical drama, Caligula. Oh Cali- uh, Caligula is crazy. It's so crazy that movie. erotic nights of the living dead. Oh my god! <laughs> Italian erotic <laughs> horror film. Amazing. See, there's a lot of those um, Italian like <laughs> like films that are like oh kind of well, dude. But a big one that we haven't talked to, uh, in the realm of senses, which is a huge like film. Um, well, hold on, real with. quick. So this guy's—he has a film called *Erotic Nights of the Living Dead*, and he said, it, and they said it was shot at the same time as *Porno Holocaust*. <laughs> oh my God! Oh God! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Out of all the sort of bad namings you can do for fucking <laughs> porn, oh dude. Jesus God. Christ! Jesus. But yeah, there there are a lot of um, just like like. Uh, I was just surprised to see like movies that I've seen that have unsimulated sex in them. <laughs> you, know, you know, I was just surprised. You know like it's because it is like such a, it's such like a. The thing is, it's is like that a taboo. It is, and it's to, a, like, having a movie. And you know let's say, I mean? like, let's say even if it wasn't like as tab, well, okay, it is taboo, and the reason is taboo. Uh, well, that's not what I would say. It is taboo, <laughs> and the ratings because it's taboo. It kills your film if you do something like that. Yeah, yeah. Short Bus is a good example too yeah. of unsimulated sex. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a death sentence for your film. And if you don't cut it out, and you really feel like you need to have sex and especially unsimulated sex in your film, you better be prepared for a battle or some sort of alternative marketing because you're not gonna. They're not gonna give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bunny Game. The Bunny Game is a film I want to see too supposed to be extremely intense low budget like horror uh Lars von Trier's film The Idiots it was his uh Dogma 95 film is uh has unsimulated sex and it caused quite a stir at the Cannes Film Festival when it was released and that was made in 1998 or 97 so that's that was yeah. a, a while while back um and he was pushing the envelope back then I mean isn't that that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, That's pretty crazy. <laughs> There's a group sex scene. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it's weird because like, yeah. Unsimulated penetrative sexual intercourse. Holy shit. <laughs> it's but it's not as bad as you when you when you watch it though. It's 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 it mainly just looks like a whole bunch of writhing bodies. Like it's not super graphic. I mean, there's some that you can tell that they're actually, but it's not it's it's, it's not, like the end of uh, Perfume or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's it's not yeah. as bad as I think people... And it's shot on, like, this crazy old digital camera that it, it it's not... 
you know what I mean? You don't see uh, as much as you maybe you think you would, you know, now that there's like 4K, 8K porn, you know, <laughs> that you can watch online. <laughs> Ultra HD dick. Yeah. But you <laughs> know what's weird vagina. is I, I never would have thought that we would be talking about this. I, we're, this is a weird conversation to be having on this week. We're, well, <laughs> when we're talking about Lanthimos, like... <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that was just something that really just really this just shows you how far like removed. my deep dive into research after the movie. You know, it's yeah. just like whoa, like this is a thing. I mean, I seriously, know? I didn't even really remember that, and that's how yeah. far removed I am. I think from watching these movies, like now, it's just I, I, because I, I know in Alps there's that same, there's similar scene right where they go downstairs. They do, and they do have sex scenes, but it's it's all none of it's all of it's simulated. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she was a little more like, okay, dude, rein it in <laughs> the second time around. Um, Not again. But she, obviously she yeah. likes working with him, though, because she it was in three of his films. Yeah. You know, so. Um, and know. and then, um, in Alps, the lady that does the dance, she's also in The Lobster, but the at the end of Alps where she's dancing and hmm. the actress who plays... And she uh, almost dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's Lanthimos' uh, spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I think they they started to hang out, if that, you will. will they that fil- makes sense. Will they, fil- will they filmed a Lanthimos, Yorgos Lanthimos, believe it or not, starred in a movie directed by, I uh, forget her name. Um, it's a Greek film called Attenberg. And Lanthimos is one of the stars of that film. He plays an engineer who falls in love with that girl's character. And she actually won, I believe, the Volpe Prize, which is a pretty big honor um for best actress for that film and he plays like a love Edinburgh. interest yeah he yeah. he plays like a love interest and that's probably hmm. where they sparked up a relationship or at least because, they started talking yeah and then he cast her in this film nice he's a woman uh filmmaker yeah 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 athena rachel sangari yeah and he he also helped produce that film oh, and she think, was the maid oh, huh yeah Damn, dude, yeah. I even realized that. In the lobster, yeah. Fucking Jesus, dude. <laughs> Ridiculous. I think she has a small part in the favorite, too. I have to... I don't see it on her filmography, but... Because it might... I think it might just be, be uncredited, uncredited cameo, if I remember. Yeah. She might have a super small part, but I'll have to rewatch the favorite. Um, So, the, the other things I'm kind of curious about here, too. Uh, So... There was an interesting film technique, which I don't know will foster much discussion, but I, but really just caught my eye with Alps. And it was his use of shallow focus to oh, hide yeah, the anonymity time. of... Not not even to hide the anonymity, but when he was doing over-the-shoulder dialogue, he would focus the the main characters yeah. instead of the um, like people that they're working with or whatever. I thought it was just really interesting. It yeah. just, he would focus on like their shoulder instead of yeah. like, on them. Exactly, yeah. or like kind of like the back side of their the face, like yeah, mm-hmm. and then keep the people who should be in focus in a traditional sense out of focus. And I just thought that was like really just kind of like I don't know, it almost just dehumanized and disconnected. Yeah. I think just like I don't know for for us, it kept every kept them always so alien. Like we never really get a good look or a good sense yeah. of the people that they're working with. Which I think is an interesting technique, but especially at the beginning of the film, because like I feel like the beginning of the film, almost all those shots were like that, mm-hmm. where he really kind of put it in your face there at the beginning. Like we're gonna do a lot of these depth of field shots, and it slowly doesn't. He 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 
he continues doing it throughout the film but not as much as he did at the mm-hmm. beginning but yeah I, I i definitely definitely like recognize that i mean like there's that shot of the coach and he's just like watching her dance and she's just like completely blurred mm-hmm. out you know and it's just like a part of his face that's the other thing too he frames it where he cuts their face off in a way that you is not yeah as traditional either i noticed that when she was talking to her dad he had both of their faces on the screen in the in the frame on the screen but they were on two opposite sides and it was like their ear was like even chopped out it was like just their face yeah it just and the way it was framed it was kind of like it was like this weird like thematic way of like how you know because you're dealing with with the premise of the film, you know, they're impersonating people, so it's kind of all about the face, right? Like, it's right. kind of really... Those two techniques, those two specific techniques really caught my yeah. eye with Alps. Um, and then, obviously, you know, like, in both films, and all his films, the sort of flat, in it, you know, inflection that people have, or the lack of inflection that actors do, which I think is a really interesting way of, like, deconstructing perceptions of, of emotion, yeah. I think. Like... Because, like, actors remoting kind of tell you how you're supposed to feel at any given point. Yeah. But when you don't have that, now you're, you're uh, uh, what's it called? Like, imp- imprinting or whatever. You're, uh, imposing? Imposing yeah. kind of yeah. your own thoughts and perceptions yeah. on it. And then you start to kind of, and then it's like a reflective period of like, wow, I thought that. <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like so self-reflective, like, the whole time. Right, um, I thought that about Alps a lot too because Alps is a lot it's kind of slower too yeah. than Dogtooth mm-hmm. uh, but they're really interesting pairing though too because like they're really kind of like really similar films yeah. and in a lot of ways like I thought they were kind of like two sides of the same coin yeah um, you know and, uh, and you could even make an argument probably that Alps is just a continuation of the eldest daughter's story from Dogtooth like after yeah, she can. gets out of the you think of it like that yeah kind of and I you know it's that's that's a bit loose but you know I just thought that was interesting like, they're kind of exploring two similar things but in different ways yeah. I guess well um, one one thing that Lanthimos said about these two films which he says the same thing he says they're complete opposites of each other he says that uh, with Dogtooth it's the story of a person who tries to escape a fictitious world while Alps is about a person who tries to enter a fabricated world. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which I thought was... Especially because it is the same, like, person. And, like, I know Dogtooth is a little bit more of an ensemble, but it kind of feels like she's the main character in both mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah it's kind of interesting. And, like, Alps, like, especially at the beginning, too, there's, like, you know, a lot about, like, there's the, the tennis player in the ambulance and the the medic guy is like asking her like what's your favorite celebrity you know and then later the the lady's asking her mom like which you know would you, which article would you want to read and she's like oh the one with Winona Ryder so there's like these celebrity names that you know so there's like actors and oh, that's interesting yeah. they're playing she's she is an actor and like they're playing there's like all these blurred lines between like fantasy and reality and what's fabricated and what's not and it, it's all these little layers of that which is pretty cool like yeah totally he played with all that which is why i think it's a little bit like on the surrealist side too because it's like taking real things yeah. and then kind of like bending them a little so that they're just kind of out of place everything is just right. sort of out of place a little yeah. bit you know it 
it feels like some of the it, it feels so maybe that's what it is because maybe for me because like for me like i i i think it is surreal but it's also like really not at all to me but maybe it's just like slightly surreal like maybe it's just like the like the smallest amount of surrealism that is like added like <laughs> the, the the bare minimum surrealism because like you could go like all the way and do like some crazy you know you know surreal stuff you know like the, when i think of surreal stuff i just think of that clock painting you know where they're, oh, they're like dolting or whatever yeah. yeah um which there's nothing like that in either of these movies but it there is like a surrealness to like how it feels and like how it's shot like having the that over the shoulder shot focused on like the person's face i feel like that's kind of a surreal thing to do um like in in the in the filmmaking process of it, uh, but I don't know. It's it's yeah. I mean, it's I hard to say whether because it, it is surreal, but it's also like I, it's not a great example of like this is what is surreal. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like a it's tough. I mean, it, you can't really compare surrealist film with like surrealist sculpture or paintings, or even surrealist like literature. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. It's 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 different because it's. It's like Kafka, you know, like that's like surrealist, you know, prose or literature, but like, it's like kind of the language is such a part of the surrealism, you know, where it's like with film, it's like the language of like, of, of, of the film. So like, you don't necessarily have to have like surrealist like imagery, but the way I think Lanthimos is able to shoot with camera movement, editing, how he puts people in like that tableau kind of like style, that's what makes it more surreal because right. it's 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 not like it's the language of film yeah. instead of the language of words. Yeah, right. No, I, I, so it's yeah, like makes sense. it's not it's like surreal in a different way than like having like a character go through a world where you know there's you know um, clocks uh, for for lamp posts or whatever you know what i mean like (laughs) this movie would totally be surreal to me if there were just melting clocks in every shot you know what i mean like then it's like that is a surreal movie i mean i think but until that happens this movie is no no, i mean i think i think it's just interesting because i think when most people think of surreal they do think of like salvador dali's like imagery but i think surrealism in film is something it could be something so much more broad than that right Um, because I mean, like, sense. like uh, Un Chien Andalou or whatever the the film that um, Gaspar Noé really likes. That's a that's a surrealism. That's 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 a surrealist short film. Yeah. Um. You know the, mm. the the eye slitting cut open and everything. And in fact, ironically, Salvador Dali co-directed that film with Louis Benwell. So, <laughs> but um, it's surreal in a completely different way. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain surrealism. Because I don't know if anybody can. Because I think it just depends on how you take it as just like your own voice, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think Lanthimos just has a very particular way of doing it. It's a very Greek way. Because, I mean, his films are also very political, too. Like, Dogtooth was criticized heavily in Greece for its political overtones or undertones. Um which what, I thought so was what I, I remember we talked about it on the chat or whatever but what remind me what those um 
are because like i i didn't catch any of that yeah well like, maybe i'm not I got entirely sure with i'm not familiar with greek politics but just the fact that the dad is very dictatorial and you know it's just the way the landscape is shown and stuff i don't know i don't was know it like like an like the allegory of it it's or the allegory it, of it yeah it's the allegory of it. yeah okay. it's all like allegory just how you know the boy can represent this the girl you know the one daughter can represent this the other daughter can represent this and you right know, the dad right. obviously represents this and the the prostitute could represent the people or whoever you know what i mean like <laughs> right, right. um but i think i think that's interesting um and I think, and, and you know, he said that he's, he never, he never, he's not interested in making films in Greece anymore, but he's not necessarily opposed to do it. It's just. Greece is very limiting when it comes to yeah, filmmaking. That it's kind of, the way he said it in a couple of interviews that I've listened to or read or watched, it's almost like he says it kind of like, almost like, yeah, right. Like if I could. You know what I mean? Like, like kind of uh, like. Even if I wanted to, I doubt I could. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he, he kind of just is like, "Yeah, I'm not." <laughs> you know, I mean, it makes sense. He also has bigger access to people outside of oh, Greece, yeah. though, too. Yeah. So, I mean, he's worked hmm. with Kidman, Farrell, um, mm. Olivia Coleman, now Emma Stone. I mean, some of those names. Those are Rachel like, Vice, yeah. Rachel Vice, A-list actors. He can get anybody now. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. After the favorite, he's a yeah. he's on a different level now. Right. Um, He'll get. Uh, He'll get Jaden Smith or whatever, Will Smith's kid. Dude, if he did a film with <laughs> Will Smith and Jaden Smith as the lead actors, I would totally watch it. Right. And they could be they could work with Shyamalan on it. You know? Yeah, oh exactly. Written by Shyamalan, oh shot by Lanthimos. It could be the, the after <laughs> or the sunset. <laughs> what is it? Or the Earth series. So you have before Earth, you have after Earth, and then you have What is the what is it? The oh no, before what is it? The before series? It's What's sun, the, that's uh, sunset. That's, it's like that's before a, that's that's um that's Linklater's thing isn't yeah, it yeah Richard Linklater before sunset like before, before sunrise. midnight before midnight yeah, yeah it's the before, before midnight before sunset before yeah. sunrise or so this could be the after series so after earth after Mars before midnight after, after midnight Saturn. before sunset or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mars Scorsese did one uh, after hours so it could be oh after hours it could be that after could be seconds the, uh, and after that could minutes. be the spiritual sequel <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I actually have that movie. And I've never watched it. After Hours? Yeah, it's really good. I think you'll like it. I have a box set of it, his DVDs. And it's I've completely underrated. You know when you have to watch that, right? After Hours. Before Hours. Before. <laughs> During like work time. During hours. Uh, yeah. So it's before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So the whole point of bringing that up in the first place was that. Lanthimos needs to get Will Smith and his son together and finish off the after trilogy. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Let's yeah. let's just not do that. Yeah, all. let's let's <laughs> not let that one lie. Let's get Phil Lord and Chris Miller to fill that gap. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God. I really I really like that uh, that Spider Man uh, into the Spider Verse. I thought they did a good job on that one. They, they did didn't, that? They didn't do that. They per- they helped. I mean, they had part in producing it. They didn't. They wrote. It. They wrote the. They wrote it. Oh, well, they're the writers so of it. They. I mean, if if you're. I don't think. I, I mean, saw I, them I, as the writers did it. If you're if you buy into the um, auteur only theory, I guess then they didn't do it. But I mean, they like wrote the whole thing. So. So screenplay by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Story by Phil Lord. 
Um, and it was directed by three other dudes. I, I really want to see that. I can't wait. It's a great movie. Yeah. Produced yeah. And, by and Florida they, Miller. They did a great draw, job on the script, so it's, it's really good. The, I've been seeing more of the imagery of it and that, that like weird art style where it's like, you know, what did you say? It was something like 12 frames or something as opposed to it 24 is, It is 12, 12 frames. frames. It's like the uh, the old school animation, you know, like Dumbo and shit, you know, yeah. back when the, and Jungle Book back oh, when they God, did like. Oh, God, Dumbo, dude, the new Dumbo, man. I can't fucking wait. Honestly, <laughs> like, I am excited for that film, dude. I'm not going to lie. I am going Me to go too. to theaters to that. Oh, my That's God. That's going to be fucking sick. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> See uh, Danny DeVito whipping some elephants and shit. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, no, honestly, though, I've, I always loved that film the animated film it's as a, a kid because it was so melancholy and i loved that an animated film can make you feel sad there's like, a lot I, of pathos yeah i love that yeah. and i just i am so curious because I, I like tim burton you know and i just really i just i don't know dude i can't wait <laughs> oh yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm pumped for that one i just because the the original is like such a like i love the the lesson and the theme and stuff and, yeah um it's also like only an hour long which yeah it's like was yeah it's like weird 70 minutes maybe like it's 60 minutes dude it's oh right on the shit dot. it's like 60 yeah yeah it's crazy yeah. Little crazy animated guy. without motion blur oh interesting speaking yeah, of no motion blur, blur no and and they they add in a bunch of like like screen like like print artifacts so like uh you know when like comic books were like misprinted and stuff that's mm-hmm. like flashing randomly in the background like throughout the whole movie that's cool which is that's a really sick. it's a really cool aesthetic yeah it seems like yeah. they took a lot of time for them to actually develop the aesthetic and actually land on something they like so it's pretty cool that uh <laughs> yeah i mean they had to like create like they had to like hack the like adobe programs to like make it work you know like they they had to like work with adobe to change like the rules of certain things so they could make the movie the way that, that they wow. did that's super which cool. is like what other movie does that <laughs> yeah the more <laughs> you know? i'm reading about it the more i definitely would like to see it um i probably will at some point um you guys would love it and it won, I mean, the, and it it won that superhero award, movie, right? but i think you got it's so different that i think yeah. it's totally up your alley dude uh since we're already off topic um <laughs> um peter jackson's uh they never grow old the world war one yeah so i heard that was really good i can't wait to see it the making of this though is insane because you know how the cameras back then were like what like their frames per second were so fucking slow Yeah. yeah um that they have they digitally filled in those frames like Oh yeah, so that they because they're screening it, you know, 4K oh, that's cool. or whatever. Well, you can just do that. It's like so with cool. any video you want. Yeah, like I could do that like in two minutes with in After Effects. Yeah, you know, but that's still so cool. Like they had to do all that. They had voice. Um, uh, they had uh, FBI and other people come in to read lips, so that they could have the people talking what the people are actually saying because it's oh, a silent no. silent film right there was no recordings so that they have all they hide all these actors to say what they are saying in the film so that we can hear how they talked back then and like right. dude That's i honestly cool. cannot wait how that is like cool. it and obviously you know all the sound effects are are like they took real guns from that era fired them and stuff so that they could get the real sound effects for right. what 
you see in here in the films. It's fucking. It sounds like so a very, cool. like a like a the most passion project you could probably yeah, it, do, right? Yeah, like, it is, and it's like it when he was talking about in the development of it, how he, he didn't like it felt like the story could stand on its own and should stand on its own without like having like an actor come in and like kind of Tom Hanks it. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. felt like what the films that they had and that they were showing the kind of archival footage was like enough to warrant this, the story. So it, it, it felt like it was like, you're right. It's like passion project, but like it's like tremendous care and respect for like the people who went through that stuff, which, which is so, so cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I really like, I like the, what you were pointing out Byron, but n- another thing is the, uh, uh, like when you're coloring something like that and bringing color to black and white stuff, it's such like a weird thing because you have to imagine like what the colors yeah, all are. Yeah. So I'm sh- I'm sure they have like the old like you know uniforms and stuff like that. But even like with just wear and tear, like after uh, a while, I like I you know or just like lighting in yeah, that area, yeah. you have to kind of like fill in the gaps for for certain things and like you don't really know what color that um you know that satchel is like maybe you right. could guess it but maybe it's maybe it was actually red and not blue you know what i mean so yeah it's it's interesting like finding those like creative decisions to decide on like what uh, the color of something should be yeah i mean you just colors. look well yeah you might kind of look back at historical records too and see like oh yeah you know what was what were people yeah. actually using you know you could find right. bags that are probably around that age too yeah. to look at museums exactly but there's like only so much you can like know you know what i mean oh, yeah. for sure before it's like well we're not sure what color that pen is it could be any color you know what i mean it's cool that we're living in a time now where this digital age is allowing us to to take things and do things to stuff that's old like you know what i mean like Mm-hmm. Um, to, that we're getting these new things. I mean, like uh, Turner from whatever his name, Ted Turner. Like he ruined thousands of films by taking the negatives and then having them colorize them. So yeah. like, like he ruined all those negatives. Where now you don't have to take the negatives like they did here. They didn't take the negatives and colorize the negatives. It's all digital. Yeah, they, they just, digitize it all. So, right. like, it's really cool that technology has helped preserve film but also morphs it into this like so we can we can get 24 frames per second so that we can see it in a new way totally right? and, and get a new audience i don't know it's really cool um helps wa- and, helps uh, the watchability of it yeah right? and that's probably the only reason why they did color too <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah well have you guys seen like the trailer and and yeah for it yeah it's like super cool like seeing the transition because they're obviously like hand crank in that film you know what was it called again I think they call it they, it's called they never grow old i think yeah um but they're like totally hand cranking it and like the speed changes when like because they they <laughs> yeah. in the trailer like it's they show the black and white stuff and it's like all fucked up and then it like fades into the gorgeous like yeah full screen color smoothed out like it's like it feels like it's on sticks and like that's all the little artifacts are gone and stuff and uh it, it was just interesting seeing that that like shift and like the speed is like now consistent like they went through and like speed wrapped the entire ever all the footage yeah which is yeah. that seems like the hardest thing to do yeah I the think. whole film is like cinematic now yeah it's kind of crazy it's, yeah it's crazy it's just like i i'm super stoked like i i want to do a double feature of that with um 
uh, Into the Spider-Verse because I feel like both of those films represent like technology now when it comes to like animation and digital like what you can do with digital technology you know that we couldn't couldn't even have done like maybe five years from ago you know what I mean oh yeah it's crazy yeah it's crazy or it wouldn't have been released five years ago because I'm sure these guys have been working on it for more than five years but but, like yeah yeah (laughs) it it is kind of cool because it is like there's so many movies that are huge technical achievements but the like focus of of them isn't the technical achievement you know what I mean like the movie Gravity you know huge technical like achievement like on so many levels as far as like CGI and digital and stuff um but like the focus of the movie isn't really like on that necessarily you know like yeah there's like some scenes where they like show it off a little bit but it's kind of cool that there's movies like like these two movies like spider-man and um that they never die young what 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 is it called they never never really yeah yeah, they never oh they never grow old they shall Uh, not grow old they shall not they shall not grow old that's right (laughs) but like the point of the movie is the technical achievement like like without that element like it's not a movie you know what i mean yeah so i like that it's cool there are movies like that i'm just trying to write this down here um they shall not grow old they shall not but yeah my uh my father-in-law watched that movie uh and called me right after <laughs> that's awesome and was like dude i mean he didn't say dude <laughs> is it out he doesn't already? say dude yeah yeah but he was like hi oh. this is bob and um i uh i just saw this movie and he like walked me through it and he's like it's the same director as lord of the rings you know <laughs> he knew i'd ask about what the director was and stuff so that's funny. awesome no, that's but funny. he thought it was great and his and his uh wife uh kathy thought it was awesome. the hell too. do you watch it at somewhere um, in Seattle. Well, it huh? was in theaters. It's it's uh, it's you I don't know stream if it's it out now. on streaming yet or anything. I think you can stream it now. At least you can on Xbox for you buy it, I believe. Uh I don't I think it might be on Amazon Fire Stick or Amazon. I'll look I'm it not up. Sure yet. If you guys a resource for Voodoo. Uh, YouTube oh, it's for people listeners is justwatch.com. It's a uh, search engine that tells you where you can watch any movie or TV show. So oh, you shit. just go just watch, justwatch.com. They even have an app, which is a great app. Um, oh, shit. So you can go there, and it'll tell you like if it's on Hulu or Amazon or Netflix or um, HBO or if it's on YouTube or PlayStation, Vudu. You know, every, it has it, it everywhere. Um, I've also I also saw if Beale Street could talk last night, which was great. Oh yeah, how was that? It was really good. Um. I don't. I think I like Moonlight better, but it was still amazing. It was really good. They shot it on the Alexa uh, sixty-five, like the Revenant. Nice. Um, I also saw Vox Lux, which I thought was awesome. Oh yeah, um, I wanted to see that one again. Brady Corbet, the director, he did the Childhood of a Leader. Uh, both of those films you should see just for the credit sequences alone because they're fucking cool. Um, really? Yeah, oh. I love. He does interesting shit it's so cool i just like his aesthetic vox lex was really good um and then i also saw vice which was awesome oh yeah how was yeah. that vice was dude it was great man i it's angry as hell isn't it it's it's angry but it's also funny but it's also serious like it's it it's adam mckay it's man. adam mckay he he it, yeah. it's it he's it's definitely be- i thought it was better than the big uh the big short really yeah oh, i thought I it was it I thought it was very 
he's found his voice. You know what I mean? Like I think he oh, cool. he had his voice in the big short, but I think there were parts of it that were like, yeah. He's kind of developed it a yeah, little bit more it, here. It, this was super streamed, or just super streamlined. Like it, it was a two-hour, twelve-minute film that went by quick. Wow, it was good. And <laughs> and Christian Bale's performance, holy shit! Like I was impressed. Yeah, like holy fuck. His uh, did he show off the the belly or anything? His apple pie diet? Did uh, he uh, not, ever have his shirt off? Nah, yeah, a little bit, uh. but not. Not as much as like you, maybe you would think. Not as much as yeah. like uh, 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 not inherent vice, but the uh, the other seventies one. What the fuck? So the dude who directed oh, uh, Vox, Hustle. wait, the yeah, dude American who directed Hustle, yeah. Vox Lux is the brother in Funny Games. Yeah, what he's the fuck? Also, he's also the one of the cult guys in uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene. That's oh, fucking wow. random. Which the director of that shit. film? And he's in Melancholia. Yeah, he's a, he's fuck, in a whole dude? bunch of um, art films random all right let me circle this back around real quick so we can kind of finish this off i know there's lots of uh films <laughs> i want to talk about, about. <laughs> we spend a lot of time talking about climax and listeners will not hear that discussion at all so enjoy that little tease there um uh so don't tell them what happened just let's just let them sit <laughs> uh just real quick is there a particular film we oh, liked shit, shit. more here we also got to do a pitch. Too, Are we so. doing a roundtable? Are we guessing? Yeah, but really fast. Like, don't okay, spend... I'm, I'll guess for Byron first. I think um, I think you like Alps. Um, no, I think you like Dogtooth. <laughs> right, There's definitely Dogtooth. There's definitely Dogtooth, for sure. Dogtooth is more, more weird. I don't really have a good reason why. It's more yeah. weird, more intense. Yeah, I like Dogtooth more. But I did enjoy Alps, I, and I loved how Alps ended. It's it just it's her oh, yeah. dancing to the pop song finally. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> which was fucking awesome. And then she goes up to him, hugs him, and is like, "You're the best coach in the world." As she's kind of like looking into the camera, like, "Oh, she's acting." <laughs> it's uh, great, right? Uh, I and I, I downloaded that song because I'm like, "That's a fucking awesome song." <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. All right, Jacob, let's vote. Let's guess for Jacob. Uh, I'm gonna have to say Dogtooth too, just because. I think if Alps was the one that had the stroking, um, I would have picked Alps, but... <laughs> it's the stroking. I, I think it's yeah. the stroking. I think Dogtooth uh, takes the cake. Yeah, it's definitely Dogtooth. Dogtooth is a little more poignant, um, and I know that, like, with... You you sit on that spectrum of, like, when films really push... You like it when films really push something, like the envelope. It is a coming-of-age film. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That was horrible. <laughs> you're, the, you're, the you're ruining coming of age movies. I just can't even. Oh, it's more God. poignant. It pushes the envelope a little bit more than Alps. Yeah, um, you, you guys are right, but I, I do like Alps, and there there is, um, I, I I like Dogtooth. I like the weird dancing scenes and whatever. You know, I don't know. It's just the movie itself is good, and I was fascinated by the real sex because I just did. I was so clueless when it comes to that in in movies that aren't just like pornographic in nature i was i always thought the rule of thumb was to do um uh, you know simulated sex but seeing that in an actual movie i was just like whoa that's crazy um anyways uh the what i like about alps what i wanted to kind of point out about alps is i thought that the sound design 
was really interesting because it's very loud you know like oh, you can hear right, yeah. their chewing you can hear like when when they are having sex and kissing and stuff they they <laughs> yeah. are like very loudly doing it and it's like that really uncomfortable loudness and i thought that was a really interesting like technique for the 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 story which is about you know obviously she's um they're doing things like as these other people's loved ones and it's a very uncomfortable they're doing very personal and uncomfortable things and i thought it was interesting how the sound design kind of reflected that uh it's because it's almost like asmr have you guys yeah. listened to oh, that yeah, stuff totally. yeah so, so for listeners who don't know asmr is like they you basically just turn up the microphone all the way and you get right right in their ear and then you whisper like this and do that kind of stuff so sorry (laughs) sorry i just did it a little bit on you but um but they people will do things they'll let they'll like you know like scratch their skin or something in front of the mic and it's super weird but it kind of felt like that to me um to to an extent um and then the other thing that i thought was really interesting was the uh was the writing because the the writing of alps is fascinating uh, because it the dialogue is like such garbage, it, like like almost like in all these like scenes, um, but it works because it's like these non-writers are like writing these scenes for them to act in. You, you know what I mean? So it, I loved like seeing that, like seeing like this. Hey, how do I write bad? Because that's like what works in the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought Alps was like way more interesting for its like technical stuff uh, and like its craft. But I think Dogtooth takes the cake because um, it's just really, I don't know, it's just fucking weird. I don't know. There's just something about it. You it know is. What I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think the craft is as good, but I think it's. I think there's, it's hitting something that, that Alps also hit but i think dog tooth hit it more for sure feel that um for keith i'm gonna have to go with dog tooth um my personal two favorite scenes i think are probably why you like it too <laughs> like there's one scene where she's cutting the barbie it's like is she screaming as she cuts like <laughs> oh yeah she's like ah! and she cuts the, which fucking cracked me up so i figured that you probably enjoyed that and also the cat scene oh my god the well they don't call scene. it a cat though the, or no they do uh, call it a cat but it's like this crazy monster that lives yeah, in that garden or which whatever, is right? fucking awesome those two scenes are like probably the best in the film and i i feel like you like myself you appreciated that dark humor uh, but it, and it's all and it's but it's quirky at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Dogtooth. I mean, I think similar reasons, but I think I think Alps is, uh, in general. I think we we all liked Alps, but um, I think Dogtooth definitely has like a just a has more of a bite. Yeah, it has more of a bite. It's 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 kind of weirder in a lot of ways, and it's it's um it's 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 like uh less forgiving what am i trying to say here less yeah. forgiving or something um but alps does seem a little bit more conventional in a lot of ways yeah so i think we all kind of like that weirder stuff so i'm gonna go with dogtooth for you also keith yeah definitely dogtooth uh alps is good it's a little boring though like i definitely 
I don't know. Something about it just didn't grab me as much. Dogtooth is like, it's so offbeat and weird that it's like <laughs> fun to watch, obviously, you know? Um, right. I, I really like the scene where she actually just knocks her dog, her oh, tooth yeah. out too, which yeah. is a great, great scene. Uh, but yeah, I remember when I first watched Dogtooth, it was just like, what the fuck did I watch? Like, <laughs> I knew this was good, but I like, it was just like, kind of stunned. And that was when I was a little less literate when it came to film too. And like, this time around though it's like yeah that dog tooth is uh it's fucking yeah. great and yeah. the way it's shot yeah. i just love the really like the cinematography yeah. of it um just that stark kind of the texture framing too is, yeah. yeah yeah dog tooth you know sure. lanthimos and um corinne are pretty similar filmmakers you know i mean alps is like very julian donkey boy in a lot of ways and dog tooth is uh very much a uh oh god uh, gummo. Gummo-ish, yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of gummo-ish in, in a lot of ways. Ooh, that's a good and point, it's like yeah. slice of life sort of a thing. And it's very raw. I mean, both filmmakers came out with their debuts. Like, how can we strip things down to make it like, you know, yeah. this kind of raw film? Yeah, it's like very simple. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. Um, definitely, yeah, Dogtooth. Um, and uh, yeah, I think next week, next episode's be super obvious too <laughs> um but uh yeah when we get to it so, i don't know though i think it'll be tough i don't know man we'll see i gave it away already um <laughs> oh um, what you oh I see. yeah i gotta rewatch killing the sacred deer though so actually it could change it could change oh i forgot you gave it away but now i'm not now gonna now i'm gonna remember yeah <laughs> i forgot um, that you said which one you liked more all right, That's so funny. to kind of keep on track with my schedule for the night, uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, and then do our pitch. So stick around for that. Um, wow, that was terrible transition to our pitch. <laughs> I, I thought that was Holy beautiful. shit, dude. It's been, a, it's been a long week. I just haven't been able to like stop or catch up on anything. Um, all right, so we're going to shift over into our pitch after the break. Uh, so stick around. Welcome back. This is the Back to Back Pitch Fest, where we each have 30 seconds to pitch a plot to a movie based on this week's topic, and then we vote on who's is best. Uh, this week is uh, part one of our Lanthimos coverage, like we just listened to. Um, and his films tend to deal with, you know, socially isolated characters. Uh, both Dogtooth and Alps, I think, are pretty... I mean, it's a pretty solid, like, theme and character... Uh, whatever character in that film um uh and in fact it's weird too when you think about it the angeliki she's like kind of the one who's like the most isolated you know yeah in both of them um so our plots will feature those types of characters uh is there someone who would like to go first we've never done that we always just pick someone to go first I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> Damn, those fucking like everyone got scared all of a sudden. Dude, I never. I always go last. Like, I'll go always. first. I don't like care. even like in elementary school, I'd like I would never raise my hand to go first. I'd always want to be the last person to do. Going like, first is always the best. Stuff. 
<laughs> Always go first, never go last, because first there's no one to base you off of. Yeah. Last, everyone's already heard your shit. Right, but at that point, no one cares and no one's listening, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the teacher who's going to grade you harder. Right, so like I just cater to the teacher and don't worry about this. I can go first if you don't want to go first. I don't really care. No, I can go first. All right, you're going to go first. Okay. Uh, title. Uh, the Garden. The Garden. All right. Are you ready? Um, <clears throat> sure. And go. Somewhere in Jerusalem, a father throws his newborn baby boy off a cliff with no remorse because they were hoping for a girl. The family of eight has two from each generation. Two, two kids, two parents, two grandparents, etc. They believe to be the descendants of Adam and Eve. E's two kids who were birthed before the, uh, Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit. Thus, they are the only pure humans incapable of sin and must breed from within. As a new baby girl is born, we follow the strict rules to which the two children must follow, including entertaining the elders and strange dances. Oh, I was just going to cut you off. <laughs> oh, you got it. Damn. The garden. Interesting. The garden. I like it. Must be callback to Eden, I wonder. Well, it's funny because <laughs> the title was Eden, and I switched it <laughs> to garden right be like right before I said Eden. The garden. I was like, no, I like the garden. The garden's better. Yeah. All right, Byron. Title. You want me to go? Oh yeah. Uh, champagne. All right. Are you ready? Uh, yeah. Go. A 63-year-old man has never tasted anything in his life. He has never spoken or kissed anyone. When he was five months old, his mom lit up a metal spoon with a blowtorch and pressed it on his tongue. He had been crying a lot. Now he never does. As the years go on, he craves interaction, intimacy. But with every failed attempt, with every back that turns away, he gets angrier and angrier. His lack of taste also affects his sense of smell. There is almost nothing to live for, but there is one thing he feels, and that is pain, and he is going to share it with the world. Mm. All right, Joker <laughs> origin story, right? Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Byron's Joker origin story, yeah, exactly. All right, sweet. You can tie What's me there. The title of yours. Your smile suits you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now, what's your title? <laughs> okay. Wait. Are you ready? I think so. And go. An odd man, always dressed in a suit, but li living like a homeless person, wanders around an unnamed city completely unnoticed by everyone around. He's ignored purposely because if anyone interacts with him, it will end the utopic city. His story is narrated by two female voices. So when he is injured in a freak accident, no one helps him in fear for the state of the city, except for one woman who decides to help her fellow human, thereby ending the utopia. But was it all for the best? Fuck, I think these are all really pretty strong. Yeah, yeah these are we came good. out swinging at this one. All right. Background on Mr. First here. <laughs> Mr. First. Um, you know, I'm going to... I like both. I think they're both really awesome. But I I really like uh, Byron's. And I, I think... I think uh, so I'm going to go for yours, Byron. But I, I really liked the, uh, the, the title... I don't. I, I don't remember hearing anything about champagne in the pitch. I can't. I can't remember if it was no. even in there. Uh -uh. But uh, for what the pitch was, that title so it was really interesting. But um, but also, I just I like that he like burns his tongue and like it affects his taste. And I like that kind of like how kind of deformed he is. Um, and he he can't do things that like we can't experience on film. You know what I mean? Mm. So like we can't like taste film we can't um um smell a smell film either so it's like it's kind of an interesting th but you could totally do it visually you know like you could do like a 
Tom Tickwer perfume thing with <laughs> yeah. the smells. You know what I mean? Uh, so I just thought that was a, a really compelling, like, visual exercise. So I'm going to go with yours. Sweet. Yep. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to have to go with... And this isn't because you picked mine. <laughs> I'll have to go with Jacob's. Um, I... He played the God card kind of. I, I do a like. Card. I do like. I, yeah, I like that it was like. It could. It's like magical realism in a way, in the sense sure. of like. The Adam and Eve thing and stuff. I don't know. It's just cool. But I am fascinated that there's a recurring theme lately in your stuff, which is like about like families and like almost incestual like things going on um <laughs> right and i know that you like o- oedipus rex or whatever the oedipus oedipus uh yeah. <laughs> i love oedipus oedipus, oedipus rex is, is like story is like a thing yeah. that fascinates you so I'm, I'm i'm getting i'm starting to see some things that that are kind of like that you, i can tell you you're thinking about so uh, yeah it, Think it, it. Thinking about well, incest. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I mean, like creatively. So I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, there might be something brewing, where you, you're maybe you're writing about something that's going to be something like you know that deals with these themes. Because you did that one, you did two, I think, pitches the, before the that. isolated family ones. Yeah, yeah, I've um, done, a, I've done a couple of those. Now. So, yeah, but I like, I like both of them. Yeah, I, I, I mean. Yeah, I, I like I like the idea of a utopia, which is actually similar to the garden too. So, it's this is tough. <laughs> yeah, mine was just I I as I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is really badly written. <laughs> There's all the ideas are just like super disjointed. Um, uh, this is interesting. This is interesting because on one hand, Byron's was like fairly unique i mean you know just i've never really think thought of or conceptualized or seen anything like that mm-hmm. uh on the other hand i did like jacobs it's, it's, i don't know i liked uh how the transcendence of time and age yeah. kind of going from the beginning um socially isolated characters they are kind of socially isolated yeah because they're trying to keep themselves kind of pure but Byron's really is like is like the socially I mean he is almost in a more literal sense I'll call it Jacobs this time I don't know I just Ooh, I yeah. did like yours <laughs> I did like it um, and I'm kind of going against my own sort of criteria I guess because I think Byron's is a little more true to form but I don't know I think yours was an interesting kind of twist on it yeah. for sure Ooh. so uh, you can have it this week I'm the winner uh, with Lanthimos part one you get it uh, can't believe I won the Lanthimos episode that's crazy <laughs> you've won some I, weird I just ones assumed that would go to Byron I thought didn't you win like the Corinne one too or one of the Corinne ones like yeah, you've won some ones that made like yeah. no sense yeah <laughs> uh, yeah alright so Jacob takes the win this week um, thanks for listening to our ra- meanderings and ramblings throughout this episode <laughs> Uh, next week we'll cover um, part two. Or, well, I don't know what's going on anymore with our schedule for things. 
Um, we're doing Lanthimos. We're doing Lanthimos again. Um, For the in the listeners' eyes, we're doing Lanthimos. We are doing Lanthimos again. Sorry. I just didn't know if there's gonna ears. be a happy hour in there, uh, or not. Depends, I guess. Depends on when Byron sees this movie I, and whether or not we. Can I'm gonna talk try about it. and watch it this weekend. So if you do, we'll probably do a happy hour focused on climax specifically. Uh, and then bring Lanthimos Part 2 in with Sweet. Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I'm very excited about because uh, they're both great movies. Um, make sure you follow us on Letterboxd, Jacob Foltz, Byron Gouet, G-O-U-E-T-T-E, and Hyperion Creator for me. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.